is happening everyone my name is wesley shoemaker i'm back with you today with zach anderson and aaron parker on today's episode of the bluegoldsports.com podcast we have officially reached the end of spring football and the countdown to fall is now officially on for the west virginia mountaineers This Saturday was the final practice of the spring for West Virginia with the annual gold blue spring game. And we are going to break down the spring game, look at players, look at plays, look at this team as a whole as they head into summer. So Aaron, Zach, how are we doing today? And uh, just want to get your overall thoughts on how you felt Saturday went. Doing good. The, uh, the spring game was a good one to cover. Um, it was a beautiful day. I think the fan turnout was pretty good. And I think overall it was a better spring game than last year. Last year was more of an event type thing with more drills and cone drills and stuff like that. And this was a good like scrimmage between the gold and the blue. And um, I, liked, I liked how Harold's offense looked. I mean, still some stuff to clean up. And obviously JT Daniels isn't on campus, but I thought the team performed pretty well. Yeah, we saw some pretty good looks at uh, Harold's new offense uh, with uh, a primarily passing uh, uh, offense. And you saw that now running the ball in a spring game isn't very, uh, very viable, but you saw a lot of the passing aspect of the offense. And, and honestly, the timing looked well between the quarterbacks and the receivers. The routes, the routes were there and the quarterbacks made most of the throws. And um, it seemed like uh, Crowder was, Will Crowder was the most, uh, uh, he was the most accurate arm of the day, but uh Nico Marchio made plays on the ground and in the air. So uh, they look like the two best ones to me, that quarterback. Yes, speaking of quarterback, uh, I kind of want to start off with just kind of grading the overall quarterback's days. I I think that we saw um, a mixed bag from a a couple of guys, especially with Garrett and with, with Nico, you saw. But then you also saw like Goose have like probably the best he's looked I'd say I mean obviously we haven't seen practice but from the from what it sounded like it was the best he's looked uh since coming to campus so Aaron I'll start with you quarterbacks uh quarterback grades for the three quarterbacks uh start with you um Goose Crowder I give him an A um he didn't make every throw but he was the star of the show outside of Preston Fox at the receiver position I'll give Nico a B minus he uh he was good missed a couple throws um but it's I mean he's you're talking about like a high school senior. Um, so Neil keeps addressing that, you know, it's, it's a little fast for him. So overall, I think, you know, B minus. And Garrett, um, I'll give him a flat C. Um, I didn't think he was bad. He put up some numbers and that two play sequence with Bryce Ford Wheaton was really good. Two plays, one touchdown, 75 yards. Uh, but he had a bad interception, kind of just threw it to the end zone in double coverage. Neil said, you can't have that pick and, and you can't. So I'll give, I'll give Green a C. I think I uh, may be a little harsh here, but I'm going to start off with Will Crowder. I'm going to give him a uh, A minus just because um, it seemed like he was a very, what's the word? Um, yeah, he was very set in the pocket and he seemed comfortable there. And uh, he definitely showed that he was the best one. He just missed a couple of throws, like you said. And uh, Nico, I'm going to give him a, uh, a B minus just because um, specifically one play I remember is him missing a wide open touchdown down the left sideline. And that's something that in Harold's offense, we're going to need those shot plays. But like you said, Aaron, he is a high school senior and the game's coming. He'll slow down for him. It's a little fast for him right now. So, and then for Garrett Green, I would give him a C plus um, all of, solely because of that one touchdown drive to Bryce Ford Wheaton. Um, without that drive, I think his performance was a lot worse. And um, 
there's definitely a lot to build on for him. But with that, uh, with that perform, with that uh, series there, it was a really bright spot for him. For me, I'm going to go Garrett Green. I'm going to give him a C, just like you did, Aaron. I think we, Neil Neil Brown has raved all spring about how Garrett Green has developed the deep ball, and I think you kind of saw the flash of that and saw him be able to get the ball down the field, which I think is a which is very promising because you kind of saw a. 10 yard offense last year with him, whether it was him running or throwing a little quick, quick, something quick, you know, and I feel like if he were to have to play quarterback this year, barring any injury to JT Daniels and depending where he ends up on the depth chart, like you, you need that in your offense. Um, as for Nico, I'm going to give him an, a B plus. I just think he did all the things that he really should have done. And he showed flashes of athleticism. He showed that he can move around. He showed that he, is capable of developing. And I think that's the biggest thing with him because he is still so young. He's still supposed to be, he's supposed to be graduating high school in the next month. He's not supposed to be stepping on a college football field this early and uh, succeeding. And then for uh, Will Crowder, I got to give him an A. Like he just impressed all day. He made, he made most of the throws. Like he just, he looked the part. And I think in a spring game, that's kind of what you got to do the most is just look the part. And I think, Goose did that really well. On the flip side of things for the offense, though, was the play of the offense in general and the play of the wide receivers. As we have talked about on this podcast, as it's been mentioned everywhere, there's the wide receiver room is not that deep and they don't have a ton of top end talent and they really don't have they like they have spots that can be taken. And I think one guy, obviously, that everyone's probably heard about, Preston Fox, uh, he had a day uh, on, in the in the game. He kind of stole the stole the show, as Aaron said. Um, got a scholarship, made a one handed catch, made Sports Center top thing. He did he did about everything you could do right in his spring game. Um, Bryce Ford obviously was targeted a lot. Um, finished with ten targets, ninety eight yards on six six receptions. Like that's pretty good. Um, Sam James caught a couple balls, um, but you kind of just saw like these guys kind of work as a unit and I think that's a plus and we also saw Graham Harrell's offense be introduced to Mountaineer Nation for the first time so Zach I'll start with you what what do you think of the wide receivers and kind of more as a whole what do you think of Graham's offense um before I get into the wide receivers I kind of want to touch on the offensive line um, when we're talking about the whole grand scheme of the offense because the offensive line seemed like to get a great push I mean I know it's a spring game there's not much a lot not a lot of weight there but um the offensive line was getting a lot of push and it seemed like they were protecting the quarterbacks well, and that's something that Graham may have worked on in the spring with the offensive line to improve on that because that was one of our struggles giving up sacks last season. Um, and then when it comes to wide receivers, I saw obviously Preston Fox still the show, um, but I saw a lot of uh, great timed routes and the receivers were getting open pretty well against against a tough defense. Um, so I, I, the receiver room looks much improved, and I think with Graham's offense, it's a very wide receiver friendly offense, even quarterback friendly offense, and I think that's something that uh, could be big next season for the receivers have uh, big production. Yeah, you hope uh, you hope the main two targets, you know, Sam James and Bryce Ford Wheaton, stay healthy um, down on the field. You know, Bryce Ford Wheaton's a lot bigger than like all those guys. Um, I'd say he's probably at least six three, six four. Um, starting to turn into a, kind of a ball hawk. He kind of goes and gets the ball. Um, I like him having a big year this year, and I like your point on the O-line. Um, I think they're really experienced, and I don't really know how much Harrell really had to do with that because you got you got Gamitter, you got Nestor, you got Zach Frazier's one of the best linemen in the Big 12. 
they're experienced. I know they gave up some sacks last year, but let's face it, Jared Day couldn't really get out of the pocket very well. Um, I think they're going to be a strong suit of, of, of the offense. And hopefully, you know, if somebody like Garrett Green or somebody like that has to take a shot downfield, they'll have time to do that. Hey, going going to the offense, uh, offensive line, excuse me, real quick. I think one thing that they've we've harped on for a while now is their experience coming back. It's just a matter of how they can keep meshing with the new offense, with the new system. And I think Graham, from all accounts, has done a good job of kind of trying to fit to them because they've been here and they've done that. And I think going back to last year, you saw a lot of times where it was more, it was, it, it wasn't on the offensive line. Like they gave Daigie time and that like the pocket just collapses after a longer time. One thing I will say though, about the offensive line is that the defensive line really can't do all that much in a spring game. They're kind of limited. You don't want the injuries. You don't want the collisions. You kind of just, you're just kind of going through the motions. It's more of a seven on seven than a full 11 on 11. And I think they're therefore that favors the offensive line because no one's going to touch the quarterback anyway. And so it makes the offensive line look that much better, but I do agree that their experience will help them going forward. And as for the receivers, like if, if you go and look at J.G. Daniels and what he's done, he throws the deep ball a lot. And I think you've seen at USC, he's had NFL guys like Michael Pittman. Like he's had guys to throw the ball to, but if, there, if there's no trust that someone's going to go catch that ball 40, down, 40 yards down the field, then it's just going to be the same kind of ticky-tack short stuff. And I think Bryce Ford has kind of really gone after – developing and putting on the weight and putting and doing everything he has to do to turn into a true number one wide receiver. I agree. Ford Wheaton's um, he's had a couple drop issues across um, his couple years here. Um, so Sam James, but I, I think Ford Wheaton has kind of left that behind him a little bit. Um, he does look the part. Um, I like Caden Prather too. Um, I'm sure he'll have a couple drops. He's, you know, just a, what a true sophomore. Um, but I like him. Sam Sam James has had some some drop struggles over the years. But I mean, what is he? Is he a redshirt senior? I mean, he's been here for at least four years. So that's got to be behind him at this point if he wants to be the number one or number two target. You know, I, I'm sorry. I'm going to go a little off topic on the receivers here because there's a certain point I wanted to bring up um, that that was mentioned a lot in the post game after the spring game. Um, was that a lot of people saw that the offense was going and attacking the defense now rather than how compared to last season where it seemed like we played conservative and we would uh, let the defense come to us and we would try to just uh, uh, hold on to a game or, or uh, don't let the team back into it. So um, it seems like uh, according to what people said, like even Dante Stills in his post-game presser and uh, many of the coaches, they said that the offense goes out, the new offense goes out and attacks the defense. And I think that's something that's important and that's helping everything mesh together, I think, well. Yeah, that's the Graham Harrell offense. I mean, you're talking about, you know, he's coached Mason Fine and, you know, Keaton Slovis, JT Daniels, all these guys. And, and he's part of the Mike Leach branch of Air Raid. And it's not going to be playing conservative like the Oklahoma game last year. You know, WV and Neil Brown kind of played not to lose. Um, I don't think we're going to see any more of that. Um, and that makes me wonder, like, how a guy like Garrett Green will fit in because, you know, this is what year three for him. And last year is just kind of like come in. Hopefully break a run like he did against TCU. That's not he's he's got to actually step up and be in the pocket now because he's got a good O line, he's got experienced receivers, and he's a part of Harold's offense. So um, it makes me wonder how a guy like that can fit in because he's not going to be like a read option guy anymore. That's a good point you bring up, Aaron. And I, I kind of want to bounce to this question off of Garrett Green is that 
you saw Nico and Goose kind of show out on Saturday. And obviously, I think we can all guess that there's probably going to be a quarterback that transfers out of West Virginia before fall camp starts. I think that just based off just sheer numbers and the room and obviously playing time, like, do you think that guy is Garrett Green? Like, if you had to guess today, Aaron, would you say that if if one of the four quarterbacks between J.G. Daniels, Nico Markiel, Garrett Green, and Will Crowder were to transfer, who do you think it is? Do you think it's Garrett Green or do you think it's somebody else? I used to think it was Goose Crowder just because of the lack of opportunity. And, I, you know, some people were calling for him last year and we didn't see him at all. After the spring game performance, I would think it's Garrett Green. But, I mean, it seems like he really likes being here, so I can't really make that call. But after Goose's performance, people like him. I I don't know. Uh, I don't I don't know if it's gonna be Goose. Yeah, with 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 Goose's performance, I mean, it, it seemed like he would be the first, and that was like fourth on the depth chart, wanting to wanting to move on. But now with his performance, he got uh, Saturday. I think uh, Garrett Green might be might be the person who ends up doing that. But I'm not one to fuel rumors. But if I were to make a pick, that'd probably be Garrett Green. Would probably be the one I'd pick. Yeah, yeah, I hate how we're kind of diving into the bag of transfer portal, this transfer portal, that. But, I mean, that's also the age of college sports right now is that you never know when someone will leave. And I just think that based on Saturday, if you were to tell me, like, blindly, just, like, without knowing who it is, just looking at Saturday's performance, I would say it's Garrett Green. But also I don't want to say one performance should shape this decision because he's a leader. He's shown the ability to lead. He's shown the ability that he can – play it's just a matter of how well he can play and it you don't know what the staff is thinking you don't know what the other quarterbacks are thinking so it's really nothing for us to say and like definitely but just a thought as for the offense one more thing I want to touch on before we kind of just take a look at the defensive side of the ball um, is the running backs obviously as Neil Brown said you can't really do much with running backs in the spring game there's not a lot of hitting you can't really tell if they're breaking tackles or not one guy who I think did show his ability is Lynn J. Dixon. Um, Dixon is a transfer from Clemson as a four-star transfer. I believe he has this, this is his final year of eligibility left. Um, he broke a nice little run uh, to the right side, scoring the ball. Um, didn't really do much else besides that, but it was still good to kind of see that power back who can have speed to the outside and get to the outside. Just, just kind of your thoughts, guys. I'll start with Zach, uh, Zach here, just kind of overall in the running game. Um, and what's, what else impressed you? So from the running back room on Saturday, I, I, I saw a lot of improvement. Uh, Lynn J. Dixon, he got significant carries at the beginning of the game for the gold team. But um, after he scored his early touchdown, it didn't seem like he got on the field too much more. And Tony Mathis got the occasional carries, which he's projected as probably our, our number one guy. But we'll see. Uh, we, we can see how that turns out. And then Jalen Anderson was someone uh, from the from the lower lower depths of the chart that uh, <laughs> impressed me a little bit. So, um, yeah, the running backs, they look great. And the offense flowed well together. Now, primarily we passed during the spring game. Uh, West Virginia passed during the spring game. But um, – the running backs still made their mark whenever whenever the Mountaineers did run the ball. So, yeah, and on the on the snap logs, I, I got Tony Mathis as the number one back, and that doesn't surprise me with with how he performed at the end of last year. Um, I agree with you, Zach. It seemed like you know when Jay got some early carries, and then it's like, oh, I haven't seen him in a while. But he had that early touchdown, and he kind of reached for the pylon. I liked what I saw out of him, and it, 
unless I mess something up, Jay, um, Jalen Anderson and Justin Johnson got the same amount of carries. So it's going to be really interesting to see, um, you know, if somebody catches balls out of the backfield and, and you know, how those guys are going to get used. Going back to kind of just you, Aaron, with snap counts and things like that, did did what 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 do you think stood out to you the most out of those guys? Like, who do you think kind of showed out more than the others? Do you or do you think that since this spring game really wasn't run focused and there really wasn't a lot of thud and there really wasn't a lot of hitting? Like, do you just think that we have to kind of wait and see? In my opinion, you kind of have to wait and see because there's I don't know they, it wasn't run heavy. They would blow plays dead. That's just how the spring game goes. Um, I think Mathis is the number one. I think him getting five or six more carries than everybody else establishes that. As far as the rest of them, I'm not really sure. But during the spring game, it was definitely hard to gauge because they would, like Aaron said, they blow plays dead early. But it seemed like the running backs were doing good um, falling forward. I, even when they did reach contact in the second level, it seemed like they were falling forward a lot. And that's something that's positive for the running back room. But it's kind of hard to gauge now. I think we should wait until – um, West Virginia can get some more uh, contact practice. And and uh, obviously the first game against Pitt, you'll get to see who our guy is. So. Yeah, I, I think just those guys, just based off of how everything works with reps, with practices, with like just kind of meshing with a new offense, I think you're kind of going to see different guys be good at different things. I think you're probably going to have a true – rusher in Linjay more than you're going to have a true rusher in Tony but I think Tony is more versatile to catch balls out of the backfield to kind of be that dual threat back in a way than someone like Linjay is but I also think that then there's a guy like uh excuse me there's a guy like Jalen Henderson who who can kind of just be like you have guys here that just are really good backs and I think that there's a point in time where one of them's going to take a step forward. I just don't think that time was Saturday. Yeah, and I think it's also important to note, Lynch Dixon, he rushed for how many yards at Clemson in his career? I, definitely over 1,400. I think it was more like 1,600, wasn't it? Something around there is over 1,400 yards. Um, he saw his, his carries decrease, but you're talking about Clemson there. Um, he had a really good freshman, sophomore year, and I think I think he can be the number two guy. Um, you know, I'm not guaranteeing that, but I wonder if somebody like Jalen Anderson or Justin Johnson can catch passes and be a little bit more versatile. I feel like Johnson caught a couple passes last year. I'm not sure about that, but um, maybe one of those guys can catch the ball out of the backfield. Besides Lin Jay, um, all the other running backs had had a chance to learn behind Letty Brown a little bit. And Letty Brown was a very versatile back. He could catch the ball and run, be that workhorse back that West Virginia needed. But at, I think Tony Mathis could take that role as the versatile running back who can catch, and he can also be that workhorse back. And then Lynn J. Dixon is a great compliment to him as a number two option. Kind of switching sides of the ball here. Um, I feel like spring games and spring practices, a lot of the focus is on the offense because the offense can do the most. But in the same breath, there is a defense on the field. So, Aaron, overall thoughts on the defense? Obviously, there wasn't a lot of show. Everything was kind of bland. Nothing really crazy scheme-wise. Just your overall thoughts on them. I think they looked as good as they could. I think the secondary, you're going to have to learn some, some new names and faces. But Burks had an interception, so that's a good sign because Neil's been talking him up. 
Um, I think the D-line looked as good as they probably could. Um, I want to see a little bit more out of the, out of the linebacker play, but it's kind of hard to gauge. Those guys are like Jared Bartlett, and they can't really rush the quarterback. So I'm not really sure, but I liked what I saw out of Burks and um, Charles Woods, and, and um, I think Mumu Ben-Wahad was pretty good too. So, so some of the secondary guys looked all right. Um, from a scheme stand, standpoint, it seemed like the uh, defense was playing a lot of two high safeties, and then they would press their the corners up on the sides sometimes. And I think that's maybe something new. I'm not exactly sure. I haven't been focusing on it too much. But the, the DB play in that new scheme, if it is new, um, is it was a great uh, plus, I thought, with, with Aubrey Burks, the interception, um, making a great play in the back of the end zone there. And I noticed specifically uh, in the linebacker core, uh, Lee Koba, the, Neil has been talking very high on him, and it seemed like he was there for, like, every single play. I mean, every time I noticed something getting blown dead, it seemed like Lee Koba was making the contact. So um, I, saw, I saw a great play from him, and we've heard a lot about him. So I think he's somebody that could be somebody to watch in the fall. Yeah, I think I think you're gonna see two two for one for each of you. I think Charles Woods is gonna kind of be that captain of the secondary, Aaron. And I think for Pogba, like he's got everything in front of him. Like he can his ceiling's so high, and I think that this staff knows it and he knows it. And I think it's just a matter of getting him ready and getting him ready to kind of just gel and be that guy in the middle that they need him to be. Um Game balls, I'll start. I mean, I'll go Preston Fox. He had a day, got a scholarship. Like, good for him. Like, he, he's kind of put in the work. I think I think it was Michael Laughlin might have tweeted this. Like, when everyone knows who the guy is before his name's announced in the scholarship, like, you know he's done something. And so I think that kind of speaks to Preston as an individual. Um, I got a chance to meet him last year. He's a really, really good kid, and he's, he's got a bright future ahead of him. So I'll give him a game ball. I'll give Goose a game ball just because uh, he, he showed out, and I think he had the opportunity where he made the most of it. And then I'll give Neil Brown a game ball, end of spring practice, always good to kind of get things going. No real injuries to talk about, nothing crazy. Um, so I'll give him a game ball. Aaron, I'll go to you, and then Zach, you can finish us off with your game balls. I'll go Goose Crowder with a game ball. I think he really – I think he played himself into a role at WVU. Um, when I heard JT Daniels was going to commit to WVU, I thought I thought Goose would be the odd man out. At this point, I don't know. I don't think anybody knows. But I think with that performance, Goose really solidified, you know, at least a chance to, to stay here and maybe be that backup guy. Um, and if JT gets hurt, maybe he could be the guy or, or have a role. I think he played himself into a role. Um, and how could you not give one to Preston Fox? I mean, Kane Prather was interviewed after the game, and he was like – the whole team was like, Neil, like, come on, it's time to, to give this kid a scholarship. Like, they all knew weeks and months ahead that he deserved it. So that that guy played to, uh, to his ability. Uh, I'll complete the trivecta here. I'm also going to give Goose Crowder a game ball. Because he just, like you said earlier in, in the podcast, there, and he play, he looked apart at, at quarterback, and he he was sitting in the pocket, making the strong throw, stepping up into the pocket, and running the offense well. So um, he definitely deserves uh, deserves a game ball. And then um, I'm gonna go Bryce Ford Wheaton. I'm not ignoring the performance uh, Preston Fox had because um, he's a, a great guy, and he did definitely deserved to be on scholarship after that performance. But uh, Ford Wheaton's going to be our number one uh, number one receiver for the fall, and uh, him showing out with I think he had about ninety eight yards in that touchdown from Garrett Green. Um, he had a great performance as well, so I want to touch on him and how far he's developed too. 
Yeah, I, I just think overall, my, my last thoughts, but I'll let you two get to it um, after I'm done. I think overall the spring game for me was it was it was good for West Virginia. I think it was good to kind of get the fans back, good to get the offense seen, kind of build excitement, build that here we go again type feel. I think this offense has the potential to be, I don't I mean, like if you get good quarterback play and you get some receivers in as the, as we know, they're adding to this roster over the summer. Like if you can, if you can get that, this offense could be as talented as that 2008 offense. Like this team can put up points. This team's not going to be scared of anyone to go toe to toe with them. And I think that's good. And I think that's my biggest takeaway from Saturday is that this offense is going to be something. It's just a matter of, can the defense keep up? Can the defense just do enough to keep their offense, this offense in games? You know, yeah, the defense has been, I'm sorry. Zach. Oh, you're good. Sorry. The defense has been good over the past couple of years, but you're playing in the Big 12. And at some point, you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to get in some shootouts. And WVU has not won the shootouts over these past couple of years. And a Graham Harrell offense can potentially do that, um, assuming you get some pretty, uh, some pretty good quarterback play. Um, so yeah, I think it was good overall, and it was good to have the fans in the house. Uh, they had a gear sale early in the morning, so. Um, some people were wearing some game used jerseys and, and memorabilia like that. So I think it was good for the fan base, good for the football team overall. Uh, touching on that a little bit, something that stuck out to me looking on Twitter following the game is that the offense was getting people excited. Um, there was many people tweeting that this Graham Harrell offense is for real and this Graham Harrell offense is exciting. And I think that's kind of a goal they wanted to get to shoot some excitement into the arm of the fan base. And, and like you said, with the gear sale uh, before the game and uh, all the momentum leading into this season, um, I think the, the offense really has shot, has shot the arm into the fan base and given them something to be excited for for the first time in a couple of years. So. Yeah, Zach, you talk about these words. One word I saw bouncing over Twitter all day was electric. And I just think that that's something that there's not been much of is electricity with this offense. You kind of saw something that was super bland. And I think it just opened the door for limitless possibilities. Obviously you have, you, you've got 129 days uh, if I'm correct until pit. And so time's starting to tick. Um, you're a month away from kind of getting back into the think of things for the summer. And then you're a couple months away from fall camp. And then sooner or later, Pitt is going to be here. And I just think that the time is now. There's kind of no more waiting around. I think this we've now seen the floor. And I think the floor is a lot higher than it has been in recent years. And I'm excited to see how high the ceiling can get. Yeah, I mean, we've seen the floor over the last couple of years be pretty low. Um, you know, pretty depressing as far as offense goes. So this is a whole new team. Um, as far as playing in an offense-heavy league like the Big 12, I think Pitt's going to be a great test. I mean, they're preseason number nine. Slovis is the presumed, the presumed starter. You got you got the Bolinikoff winner on their side too. So I think that'll be a good prep for a, for Big 12 play and see if Harrow's offense can like match that um, and make it kind of like a 2018 type shootout game. I completely agree. I think that that pit game uh, September 1st will be a great gauge for this offense to see how we can hang with the Big 12 offenses and and uh, defensively, obviously with the Blit, former Blitnikoff winner and a Heisman and a, now they're actually in their Heisman favor, but now they have Keon Slovis, like you said. Um, I think that's that's going to be a great gauge for us moving into Big 12 play and uh, defensively, especially because obviously their offense is going to throw a lot at us. So um defensively it'll be something to watch too so yeah i just i just 
think there's no it's, it's hard to wait I think uh for many fans and I think it's a good thing compared to kind of dreading September getting here but with that note that will do it for us on today's episode once again this is the BlueGoldSports.com podcast. I'm Wesley Shoemaker, joined by Zachary Anderson and Aaron Parker. If you made it this far, we do appreciate you listening. Spring football is officially over. Summer is on the horizon. And then right after that is football season. So we are getting there, folks. Just, oh, just stay patient. So uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Once again, I'm Wesley Shoemaker. This is the BlueGoldSports.com podcast.